Justin Fry is wasting no time adding elite offensive linemen to Ohio State's 2024 recruiting class, and that was clear as twins Deontay and Devontae Armstrong recently made verbal commitments to play football at The Ohio State University. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on The Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Wednesday, March 29th in the year 2023, and this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. During this episode, we welcome back to the show John Garcia Jr. He is Locked On's football recruiting insider. John and I go in-depth and discuss things you'll love about twin verbal commitments from Deontay and Devontae Armstrong. They are in-state prospects that go to St. Edwards High School. We also go over Max Anderson, a talented offensive lineman from the state of Texas. He recently announced his top eight, and the Buckeyes are in that exclusive group. Ryan Day, Ohio State, they're not shying away from going after and locking down the state of Ohio and stockpiling all the elite talent they can from this state, and that's clear. As two twin, as two twins, of course, twins are double. As twins, Devontae and Deontay Armstrong recently made verbal commitments to the Ohio State University. And joining us now here on Locked on Buckeyes, it is our favorite person to have on to talk about Buckeye commits and the recruiting trail going on at Ohio State. It's John Garcia Jr. He is Locked on's football recruiting insider. John, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Jay. Uh, not as well as your audience, though. The, the commitments are starting to roll in, and I feel the momentum on the way there in, in Columbus, so it should be a fun stretch. John, there are four offensive linemen commitments in this class right now, and the senior year for these athletes hasn't even started. We got Mark, I believe it's Mark Nave, Ian Moore, and we got two twins from the state of Ohio, St. Edwards, uh, that high school there in Lakewood, Ohio, Deontay and Devonte Armstrong. Last time, John, I literally said I had a list of guys that I wanted to talk to you about, and these guys were in that group of six. Comes out, they end up committing before you and I get back together. Twins committing, in-state guys. You gotta love it. How cool, right? I mean, just forget Ohio State uh, and, and recruiting and all that. How cool that these guys are good enough to to play next to each other because uh, Deontay plays left tackle. Devonte is the guard there at St. Edwards to play next to each other in high school and to say, Hey, let's just do it together in college on scholarship uh, together, you know, which, you know, you always associate twins like that, but to do so at such a high level is, is just so rare. So just cool, just a cool, a cool human story. Uh, but, but obviously when you shift to, to recruiting and X's and O's, the Armstrong twins can play. Uh, yeah. they're, they're very fun to watch on tape. They're massive six, five, six, six. I think one and list himself at, at six seven um both under 300 pounds so there's some good weight to be put onto these two which won't be an issue at Ohio State I, I see length I see physicality and versatility I think both of these guys Jay could be sort of Swiss Army knives on a future Ohio State offensive line to where 
if you need them to be tackles, they can be tackles. But if you need one or both to move around, maybe I think they've got some of that in their game as well because they play on a low plane. They're very good laterally, uh, and they're not easy to defeat there at the point of contact thereafter. So I really like this get. And my goodness, what a high school offensive line with those two on the same side. I couldn't imagine. And look, it's it's led to success back to back state champions there in the great state of Ohio. So yeah, heck of a run for the Armstrong twins and, and to make that commitment together, obviously fitting uh, given their, uh, their lives. Great way to start it off talking about just the human side of things. You can talk about the football and how these two guys playing on the same side of the offensive line, how that could be implemented at Ohio state, but simply that human factor twins. So I have a brother and I talk about him quite a bit here on the show, John, and my brother and I, we're a couple years apart in grade. I was a senior. He was a sophomore. And we didn't get the – it wasn't anything like this to where um, same age, same grade, two elite athletes um, playing football. It wasn't like that. Now, there's a brother connection that we have. But I, ain't gonna, I don't know what the connection is like for twins, man. I'm not a twin. I see what twins, how they interact and how they go about their business. And that connection seems a lot – seems different, man. She's different than just a brother to brother or sister to sister type of friendship or relationship that you grow up with. And these two guys staying on the same side of the ball, let's just say that happens at Ohio State. I am not forecasting it. Let's just say it happens. There's a connection those two guys could have at left tackle, left guard, or right guard, right tackle. That's different than just even a couple of brothers playing side by side because they're so intertwined and not just their DNA intertwined as far as the relationship growing up and who they are as individuals uh, that's a great point I mean the most under talked about topic amongst offensive linemen just in general uh, around the sport is the communication the communication yeah. necessary to play and succeed along the offensive line is is really really pivotal uh, you're setting protections you're trading guys off the defense is moving around you, you really got to be in sync with, with the guy next to you, and when it's the person who's got the same DNA, yeah. height, weight, length, all of those things, not only can you communicate very quickly and efficiently, but you kind of know the strengths and weaknesses too. You know, they, they are a little bit different. I don't want to put them 100% in, in the same box. I, I yeah. know they probably dealt with that their, their whole lives, even though this is such a positive moment, but they're a little bit different. So I think Deontay and Devontae could kind of play off of each other and know, hey, um, maybe Deontay's stronger uh, in space and Devontae's better in the phone booth. So, hey, this guy's a little bit tougher on the interior, a little bit more physical. Let's let's trade him off to you and I'll take the smaller, faster guy or whatever it is. That that stuff will will be nonverbal. It will be understood between those two guys uh, as they continue to play together. So, yeah, just a really cool and, and unique element that we, we just don't see in any sport, much less, you know, as big offensive linemen in, in, in big-time college football, just, just really rare. There are times when doing shows with John or other people that I kind of have these thoughts in my head, right? I just want to throw up a – like playing so, slow-pitch softball. You just pitch the ball up, get out the way, because you know the guy's going to knock it out of the park. And I'm just going to ask you a simple question and let you kind of go with it, John. What kind of football players are these two guys? Yeah, these are cornerstones. Uh, I think these these Armstrong twins are guys who will really enhance your offensive line in more ways than one, that they don't have to be locked into any one position. As you said, you could imagine and envision them on, on the left side together or on the right side together. I think there's a scenario where they they each could occupy a tackle spot, uh, you know, and, and that's something that 
individually what would be a big deal, but you bring in two and yeah. it really just changes the flexibility and comfort of your offensive line. So I think those are our huge positives and strengths from the Armstrong twins. Again, Deontay is more of a tackle. He's the left tackle. He's the blindside protector there at St. Edwards and, and Devontae is a little bit more on the interior, a guy who moves incredibly well, can get to the second level uh, just as well as anybody. So I think playing off of each other has really helped their game and their recruitment. I want to make that point too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This wasn't a, Hey, these guys had group of five offers and Ohio state jumped in and gave them the green light. No, no, no. This was like, Ohio State was the winner over Georgia and Michigan and Penn State and, and all, all these big-time mm -hmm. programs mm -hmm. that wanted this tandem. And it also says a lot about Ohio State being willing to, to take this on. We, we see programs sort of politic and struggle with recruiting brothers simultaneously because there are only so many spots, right? It, it's hard enough to give one spot to one player. Now you're basically having to give two because, you know, these guys wanted to play together from the jump, they, they made that very clear to, to each school that was recruiting them. They had the same exact, I think, 21 scholarship offers each. Oh, man. This was this was a true package deal. So to be willing and open to that, especially at a premium position like offensive line, I think says a lot about Ohio State's conviction in both of their games, which is, again, it's not always the same when you talk about brothers. There's usually one who's con considerably better than the other, no disrespect in, in this business. But I don't think you get a lot of that here. I think there's a lot of similarities between these two. Even with twins, we see a variance in, in their games. I don't see it as much with the Armstrong brothers. And I think that's a good thing because it helps you play a little bit more, you know, flexibility-wise uh, along the offensive front, which is a big deal for every school uh, when you get into the winter months, right? That attrition hits your O-line or every position, and you got to figure things out. These guys help you patch things together, but I do think they could also complement one another if they do somehow wind up next to each other at the next level, which would, again, from a human standpoint, be about as cool as it gets. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat-first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. John, Ohio State's 2024 recruiting class on the football side, currently ranked um, seventh overall um, via 247 Sports. <clears throat> but there are numerous, I think almost all the guys in this recruiting class are from the state of Ohio. You have Jeremiah Smith, who's from Hollywood, Florida. You got Ian Moore from New Palestine, Indiana. Then you got Garrett Stover from, from Sunbury, Ohio. You got Deontay and Devontae from Lakewood, Ohio. You got Mark Nay from Toledo, Ohio. A lot of Ohio kids, and I talked about it last week, and I'm just going to talk about it more because if Ohio State's going to make a statement and say we want to lock up the state with all the talent here because of the elite talent in the state, that's one thing to do it. But then to put it into practice, 
and actually go out there and make it actually happen. I think that says a lot to a guys in the state of Ohio, because let's just say Ohio State has an elite quarterback and the likes of an Alabama or Georgia or even a Michigan, a Notre Dame, USC, start flocking to Ohio. If Ohio State already has a guy's on lock and a guy who that quarterback is throwing the ball to or competing with every Friday, if they're all saying, hey, man, come to Ohio State, we got to build something special, there's a likelihood that that quarterback's going to stay in Columbus or go to Columbus to play the football. So I like that they're not only saying what they want to do, but they're putting stock and actually completing the task. I like that. I wouldn't say this if Ohio State didn't have really good to elite talent in the state. I would say something different, like, man, you want to go out somewhere else to get the talent. The Midwest in Ohio has elite talent at the high school level, and it's great to see that Ohio State is not just saying what they want to do. They're actually accomplishing the goal. Yeah, absolutely. Four of the six commitments, as you mentioned, uh, from the state of Ohio. And then Ian Moore is right there next door uh, in Indianapolis. And look, there's there's a lot of great talent in the state of Ohio. I think there's a few other Ohioans who will end up in, in this recruiting class when, when all is said and done. Obviously, there's some, some great DBs I'm sure we'll talk about uh, at one point. I think Sam Williams-Dixon, the running back who, who was yeah. on campus this past weekend, I think he's absolutely a candidate to, to keep an eye on uh, to potentially play for, for the home state Buckeyes. But, yeah, it resonates. I mean, you saw on social media when the Armstrong twins committed, that that's what the message was. Yeah, yeah. It was more about, you know, staying home and putting on for the home state. We, we just talked about the offer list and the schools that were in on these two. It went well beyond not only Ohio, but the Midwest and the Big Ten, the SEC, the Pac-12. Everybody was involved here for, for these two. So, yeah, it's a statement grab or two statement grabs for Ryan Day, uh, for Justin Fry, who all of a sudden now has – Man, you know, one of the biggest and best O-line classes in the country. I had four verbal commitments already. They're still offering some some other recruits. I had one elite recruit today, Jay, tell me, hey, uh, I'd love to hear from Ohio State. He's an O-lineman. He said, hey, but they already have four commits. So they their plan is, is already kind of wrapping up with the O-line position. So that's interesting from an outsider's perspective. So now all of a sudden, yeah, Justin Fry deserves some some props here because he's building a class really quickly. and and lucky or not three of the four on board right now from from the state of Ohio so that was something that you it, like you said it's one thing to have the talent home but you got to bring them home uh, especially after what happened with 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 Marshall last week right yeah, you yeah. kind of you kind of say okay is this going to be a turning point one way or the other where Ohio State says screw it we're great nationally let's just keep on that trend or does this kind of make you double down on those closer to home and i think at least in principle the, the latter has happened here John, I grew up, and I loved college football, loved Ohio State. Didn't really like what Urban Meyer in Florida did to Ohio State in the <laughs> national championship game. Sure. But that team that Urban Meyer was building down there and the characters in the um, NFL talent that was there, it was easy to see. Offense, defense, didn't matter. There was NFL talent all over the field. The Pouncey Twins. And I don't really hear about many twins like the Armstrongs that are a that one are a package deal but also go to a school such as Ohio State. But the Pouncey Twins had a great and a big impact on those Urban Meyer coached Florida Gators football teams. I know it's early. They're still in high school. haven't even played their senior year yet. But do you see a scenario where these two athletes, Devontae and, De and Deontay, could have a similar Pouncey Twin impact at Ohio State in the future? Well, you certainly hope so from the Ohio State perspective because the Pouncey Twins absolutely, I think – 
what what made them so I would say unique in in that Florida Gator run, which was which was wild in every sense of yeah. the word. Um, they were some of the best players, and, and you're talking about, like you said, a lot of NFL guys. Those two were some of the best players on that roster, but they also were kind of the culture of that roster. Yes, good, bad, yes. or indifferent. Yes, they <laughs> reflected that that culture. They were ready to scrap and brawl and, and lead by that type of a physical example, which in that era of football worked. I mean, yeah. it, it got them both a whole lot of money and time there in the NFL with Steelers, Dolphins, a bunch of teams um, thereafter. So I think that's where it gets really interesting. And by all indication, the Armstrong brothers have a lot of that personality that they're going to bring to the table as well. So it's one thing to be great on the field. And look, if you're getting a scholarship to Ohio State, you're probably pretty good at what you do on Friday nights. But that's the part that I think remains to be seen is after that, personality-wise, how much are these two going to be really the faces of this Ohio State recruiting class? Uh, guys will be ranked higher that will commit and, and sign with the Buckeyes. I think that's that's expected just because Ohio State recruits so darn well. But I think when you, especially locally, look at this class, those are the names that are going to pop up first. So how they kind of carry that extra layer of, of, you can call it pressure or 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 privilege however they carry that extra layer i think will be fascinating but by all indication talking to them a little bit seeing them on social media etc especially since their verbal commitment there's a sense that they're leaning way into that potential narrative and i think that's a great thing you always want some some nuance in, in each recruiting class and i think right now it's got to start conversation around this class has got to start with the armstrong twins two verbal commitments from in-state guys it's great but John always says it, and I say it as well, Ohio State recruits nationally. And it wouldn't be a national recruitment without going to the state of Texas to go out and get a massive human being in Max Anderson. Now, Max Anderson recently announced his top eight that he's kind of winding down his recruitment, trying to focusing on these eight schools. The Buckeyes are in that group. He is an offensive tackle sitting at six foot five, 300 pounds out of Frisco, Texas. The Buckeyes are in this group, which is elite. Before I go to the other schools that are in this, his brother, Max Anderson's brother, I believe Johnny still plays at Oklahoma. And so there's a tie there to a school that's really close to Texas for Max Anderson there, though. But the Buckeyes being in this top eight is great. Being able to go out down to Texas and get an offensive lineman to add a fifth offensive lineman to this recruiting class, that's good as well. Absolutely. You, you got to bring in a full class, and it looks like there's still – Plenty of targets uh, still out there for OSU up front. And, and Anderson is absolutely one of them. He's actually one of the more recent scholarship offers. I think he got offered right around the time the Armstrong brothers did in the month of January. Yeah. So for Ohio State, it's been about kind of playing catch up in this game. You, you mentioned the connection to Oklahoma. That's where Max has spent a lot of his time. I think if he does stay close to home, the Sooners are a strong bet, but He's leaning into Big Ten country. I think three or four programs in the Big Ten made his list. He just visited Ann Arbor, and Michigan is starting to gain some buzz in this recruitment. So I think that it becomes a matter of what the timeline looks like because Ohio State clearly has some work to do in this recruitment. Can you get that first visit? That's really the difference between Ohio State and Michigan here. Michigan just hosted him. He loved it. And now the Wolverines feel like a major player in this recruitment. Can Ohio State do the same? Can you grab a visit from Anderson, whether it's unofficial this time of year or official 
in the summer months and become a true player uh, in this recruitment. Those are the next steps for Ohio State because he's starting to frequent some other programs. Uh, so that's a sign of a recruitment taking the next couple steps. But I think official visit-wise, I think Michigan's the only school that he is committed to taking a trip to. So there's a four other slots there. I think Ohio State has to grab one of those because inevitably those five official visit destinations will end up being the five schools that Anderson theoretically cuts his list to because obviously you can't take eight official visits even though he just put out that top eight. It'd be nice if you could just go on the, on the school's dime, eight different places around the country. That'd be amazing to get that rule changed, but I understand why it is five. The eight schools in his top eight, John Mitchell, one of them, Michigan, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Oregon, Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia. Now, all of these kind of fit together. The one that kind of sticks out, not even just so much Tennessee, but Arkansas. Do many Texas kids really view Arkansas as a future destination to play college football? I think on the offensive line they do. Uh, you know, Sam Pittman, the head coach there, is an O-line guy. And there's yeah. just not a whole lot of schools at the Power 5 level that have that in a head coach. So if there's a position where you could feel like Arkansas could maybe – punch above their weight class from a recruiting perspective, it's probably along the O-line. And Pittman is, is pretty charismatic on top of it. So I think that certainly helps. Think of some of the O-lines he built there at Georgia. Uh, and, and a lot of kids will, will like that style. They want to be physical. They want to be old school along the offensive front. So I'm, I'm assuming that's a big deal for a lot of recruits, including Max Anderson, who has visited Arkansas, if, if memory serves correctly. So I think that's another factor uh, as well. Again, it's big for the Buckeyes to be there without a visit, but once you get one, I think you can take the next step in, in a recruitment like that that is so national. I mean, just think of the schools you just mentioned there. That's as national as it gets. you yeah. got the national champs uh, and, and the front runners there in the SEC, uh, Big Ten country, and, of course, schools closer to home in, in the state and surrounding the state of Texas. That's a true national recruitment for an offensive lineman, but typically those guys wrap up their recruiting processes a little bit sooner rather than later. So I do think there, there's a little bit of urgency if Ohio State is really going to stay in this race in particular, but uh, he's definitely worth it. Blue chip recruit across the board, big physical player, can get to the second level, uh, and kind of has that that mauler interior lineman mm. mentality. He wants to bury you. He wants to bury you, and, and there's a lot of offenses that obviously covet linemen who can do that. Do you think he's more of an inside offensive lineman or an outside tackle at the next level? He, he works both tackle and guard at the prep level. Uh, that physicality and, and ability to get to the second level and bury folks makes me think interior is the safer bet. But he's 6'5", 300 pounds, as you mentioned. So you know he's going to have the frame to potentially flirt with, with some tackle stuff at the next level. It's just going to be, I think, scheme dependent. A lot of different schemes in those schools that you mentioned. Uh, I think at Arkansas, probably a little bit more of, of a tackle type compared to a school that's going to spread it out more like an Ohio State or even like an Alabama nowadays. Uh, so I think it could be school dependent on, on in terms of where Max lines up. But either way, blue chip recruit, incredibly physical, a guy who's not going to take a lot of time in between enrolling at his new school and, and making some noise in, in that rotation. John, last thing here for you. And I just went back and looked at Ohio State's recruiting class just trying from last year, trying to re refresh my memory. There are four old linemen that – signed national letters of intent in, in the 2023 class. In the 2024 recruiting class, we're in March, and there are already four verbal commitments. I understand there's going to be guys that might transfer after spring practice, and 
there will be guys that go to the NFL and maybe transfer at the end of next season. But with there being four guys right now, I wonder if Justin Fry is saying, we're trying to prepare for the future because college football is kind of unpredictable when it comes to the transfer portal. So I'm kind of leaning that. I'm not saying it's Max Anderson, but I would not be shocked if Ohio State adds a fifth offensive lineman to kind of stockpile that position because, one, they need to build some depth, depth and add depth. But, two, you never know when guys are going to transfer. It's the nature of the beast. If I can leave after two years at a school and I can go somewhere else and play quicker at the new school than I am at the school that I'm at, it might be in my best interest to go to that new school and play sooner. Just all depends on myself, my family, location, and a family that dynamic plays a lot into this. But, John, I wouldn't be shocked if Ohio State and Justin Fry had a fifth offensive lineman in this year's recruiting class. Would you be shocked if they did that? Not at all. I mean, th this is a position that is so critical to, to your success. I mean, just, just look at any recent champion or even contender. You know, O-line play is not going to be poor. That's not going to be the first word right. that, that comes to mind. And when you're talking about the highest levels of college football, that means you need to breed that from a competitive standpoint. We know Ohio State's done it on the defensive side. I think the offense has a little bit of room to improve there up front in particular. So, yeah, I think you need as many bodies as possible that you deem worthy of this level of, of competition. And, and that class last year, again, we talk about Ohio State being so national. Those four O-linemen last year, three from the state of Ohio. So yeah. you've already matched yeah. that number uh, closer to home there as well. But that was a little bit more interior dominant. You know, so I, I'm curious to see if if maybe even a couple other offensive line recruits in 24 could come to light for Ohio State because they, I, I do think they're, they're still clearly recruiting several. And I wonder positionally if they want to continue to push for tackles or if they view the Armstrong brothers as tackles individually instead of one tackle and maybe one interior guy like they line up on Friday nights. John, it's always fun having you on the show. Love getting your insight. And uh, that list I had about guys that might uh, that we might talk about, um, I wouldn't be shocked if there's another guy on my list that commits between now and the next time you and I get together behind the mic to discuss Ohio State recruiting. Love having you on, John. If you could let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter so they can stay up to date with everything going on recruiting-wise with you on the Bird app. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, bet against Ohio State adding a couple more bodies here sooner Rather than later, I uh, would love to come back on and, and talk about it with you. But in between, we'll be talking about it on, on Twitter, of course. John Garcia underscore JR is where you can find me. We talk ball at every level, and this is the perfect time of year to do it. The draft's coming up. Recruiting's heating up uh, really across the board. So uh, it's a great time. Come talk uh, ball with us. And, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Love having John Noan. Love that the Armstrong twins committed to Ohio State. And I'm looking forward to figuring out and finding out who the next athlete is or athletes are that commit and make verbal commitments to Ohio State. Not just 2024 commits, but also guys that are 2025 or even 2026 uh, in that class as well. John, love having you on. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, Jay. Talk soon.